Yeah, yeah, like I said, you are really fit But my gosh, don't you just know it I'm not trying to pull you Even though I would like to I think you are really fit You're fit, but Welcome to your report, readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report Podcast, energized by Celsius. It is a Tuesday edition of the show. We're going to talk a little bit more about the newest quarterback in Tampa Bay. That is Baker Mayfield. Now, Baker Mayfield is not necessarily the starter, but he is in the competition with Kyle Trask for it, so... Uh, we'll discuss today a little bit how uh, he fits into the Bucks offense, which obviously still has a pretty talented group despite the amount of losses that the Bucks had last year. Mike Evans is on the roster. Chris Godwin, a fully healthy Chris Godwin, which is super important. Russell Gage stays above the uh, chopping block and agrees to a restructure of his contract as he, as he returns. And it looks like Rashad White is going to be the number one guy in the backfield for the Buccaneers, depending on what they do in the draft coming up at the end of the month of April. So a lot to talk about on today's show. I'm your host, Matt Matera. I'm riding solo for the moment. Scott Reynolds has a couple of uh, different things to address right now. He should be joining the show about halfway through or whenever he can get on. So I'm going to be your host for the start of it. Appreciate everybody joining today and you know we'll we'll keep this pretty open-ended as well you know um any questions anyone has of course we'll get to as tom starts off by saying go bucks we love the pewter people in the chat we'll get into uh really any questions any topics you want to get into and then talk a little bit more about baker mayfield and what he can provide for the buccaneers offense because I think it's really interesting with Baker. We talked a little bit about this on yesterday's show, but I think it's important to repeat as well. You're not getting the 2018 Baker when he was a rookie and he's screaming at the University of Kansas because, you know, because uh, they're not doing it. As Tom says, take a shot, Matt. Uh, I can't take a shot right now. It's four in the afternoon. That's maybe more for like a Thursday show. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, what you're talking about, Tom. But what I think is important for Baker is, you know, he's not the the guy that's saying F you to the world and everything like that. Um, and right away, and also, I think, while he said himself, it's not a humbling experience for what he went through last season with playing for three different teams in 2022. He didn't really technically play for the Browns, but he was on the Browns at the beginning of the year and got traded. Um, so... I think you're kind of getting a little bit of the moxie that got Baker into the league with a little more mature Baker. And we kind of expand upon that a little bit later. Um, I did write a story today about why the personality of Baker Mayfield, though very polarizing and understandably for a couple of different reasons, why his attitude isn't going to hurt the Bucs. And it's actually something that the Bucs could use this season, but we got a super chat right off the bat. So uh, thank you, Philip Stegman for the 199 super chat. Philip says, what's your over-under on wins with Baker and or Trask? Good question. Very early, and obviously you still got the draft to go. Um, we know the Bucks opponents this year. They do have a first-place schedule, but I don't buy too much into the whole, oh, you have a tougher schedule this year, because teams change so much year in and year out. So uh, let me pull up all the opponents for the Bucs and, and, and who they're playing this season. Obviously, 
Um, we know in the division who they're going to be playing. That's the Saints, the Panthers, and uh, the Atlanta Falcons. Let's see. Bucks 2023 schedule their opponents. Once again, appreciate the super chat from Philip. Okay, I saw Mark. Uh, you have one as well. We'll get to yours, get to a couple, a couple others as well. So the home games for the Bucs in 2023, Falcons, Panthers, the Bears, the Lions, who have seemed to be really winning this offseason, the Lions, the Jaguars, Saints, Eagles, and Titans, a little tough there. And then away, obviously, everyone in the division, the Bills, the Packers, who will look very different this year, the Houston Texans, the Colts, the Vikings, and the 49ers. All right, so let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I can see the Bucs pretty much, I hate to say it, but pretty much getting like the same record that they had last season with about seven or eight, maybe even nine wins on the season. What I think is most important for Tampa Bay, obviously you don't want to overlook anybody on the schedule, but if you can go like four and two in the division, really dominate the NFC South, I think that'll take you a long way in terms of uh, reaching the postseason. And let's remember, that Bucks defense, they can really hang with everyone. I, I know they struggled in the playoffs last year, but you had 10 games where they only allowed 21 points or less. They went 7-3 and three in those games. You bring that type of defense into the playoffs, they get more turnovers this season than they had last season. It's going to be all on the offense this year. I think we, I think we get that notion. You know, with Dave Canales, whoever's going to be the quarterback, whether it's Baker or Kyle Trask. And I'm not anointing Baker Mayfield the quarterback just yet. I know it might sound a little contradictory with the name of this title, but Bucks fans, let's remember, and the pewter people, we love all the pewter people. You know, we've been talking about Kyle Trask for the last two months, all right? Baker is the flavor of the week right now. He just signed with the team this week. So we're going to talk a little bit more about Baker Mayfield this week. And then once OTAs gets around and we see Kyle Trask practicing along with Baker Mayfield and whoever decides to be the third quarterback, then we'll talk about everyone. But right now, Baker's new in the building. He's hot. He's fresh. So that's what we're going to talk about. It's nothing on Kyle Trask by any means. Mark with the comment. Hey, Matt, we need another quarterback. Your thoughts on Hooker and why not keep Ryan Griffin as a fourth? I would not be shocked at all if Ryan Griffin is back. He's the longest tenured Buccaneers quarterback. Um, he's great with helping prepare the other quarterbacks. He was on the practice squad all of last season. Another locker room guy gets along with a lot of players on the team. I know he likes playing pickleball with uh, a lot of different guys on the roster as well. I totally see Ryan Griffin coming back. I really like Hendon Hooker. I was obsessed is not the right word, but. I thoroughly enjoyed watching Hendon Hooker <clears throat> at Tennessee last season. Um, you know, the game against Alabama, of course, everybody remembers. I love the mix of, of mobility and uh, what he's able to do with his arm. He struggled against Georgia, but like really who didn't last season with the exception of Ohio State? It's the Bucks. As a team, so if the, if Hendon Hooker was in last year's draft, this would be perfect, or even the same draft as like when the Bucks took Kyle Trask in twenty twenty one, because he's a bit of an experiment and a bit unknown because of coming off a serious injury. Now he did meet with the Bucks formally. That is important to bring up 
it's just really tough when the Bucs are in a very tight window. They have to win now, at least if, if you know, Todd Bowles wants to keep his job. They have to win now, so they can't waste like a third-round pick on Hendon Hooker and hope, okay, he can be the quarterback next year because then you're pretty much rooting for Kyle and now Baker to fail. And that doesn't really help anyone in the organization. You know, the Glazers want to win. Jason Light wants to win. Todd Bowles wants to keep his job. So if Hendon Hooker can fall to like the fifth round, I'm all in. Absolutely go for it. I just don't think he'll be there. And with the number of holes that the Bucs have to address on the roster, and I get it. You know, they re-signed Jamel Dean, so corner, while still important, isn't necessarily priority number one, but you still have left tackle or right tackle, depending on what they do with Tristan Wirfs. You have to figure out that situation. You have to add another safety into the mix. Um, I know they just added Chase Edmonds, but another running back, the tight end situation, there's just a lot of holes to fill. And now that you have two quarterbacks under contract and Kyle Trask you have for a couple more seasons anyway, I like Hendon Hooker. The Bucs just, they can't take a guy that they're going to redshirt in within the first three rounds. They have to get a guy that is going to contribute right away. Maybe not necessarily the, um, you know, the starter right away, but like even second string tight end, something like that, for example. So I don't know. Um, I like him. It just, it doesn't, doesn't fit perfectly for the Bucs at the moment. Michael Perkins, uh, Bucks better get him out of the pocket. The Panthers never did. It was brutal to watch as a Baker fanboy. Well, Michael, appreciate you for the comment and uh, hope you enjoy watching Baker this season. That's probably the number one thing when we talk about, like, how's Baker going to fit in this offense with Dave Canales? And sure, we're still trying to figure out exactly what Dave Canales is going to run and what it means for Baker and, um, you know, the entire offense as a unit. I just think, and I know it's a new offense coordinator, but it's a brand new offense. There's going to be more QB waggles. There's going to be more getting rid of the ball in a smarter but quicker sense. So I think Baker's ability to be mobile, I mean, you watch him throughout college, he could sling it in the pocket and in the NFL when he was thriving and at his best. He can stay in the pocket and throw it. But I think, again, because Baker's like six feet, six foot one, get him out of the pocket. Don't let him throw when you have four or five guys in front of him that are all six four, six five, just getting their hands up and trying to knock down the ball. I think the QB waggles, the play action rollouts are going to be super, super important for Baker Mayfield this season. So I'm with you. Don't let him. Don't keep him uh, stationary, you know. Um, get him on the move. So I think that'll be really important. Mike Reynolds says, I need a Baker progressive commercial with the pirate ship. Mike, absolutely. I mean, I, if Baker's going to come here, and he's a polarizing figure anyway because of the fact that he was the number one pick, because of some of the comments he's made in the past and winning the Heisman and, and having an attitude, lean into it, man. Like, embrace Tampa as much you, as you possibly can. I'm sure Progressive is already coming up with commercials because for the Browns, it was that he was staying in the stadium. So, I mean, that's already a hilarious clip right there in the moment. If um, if you get something with Baker on the pirate ship, maybe you bring Captain Fear with them or another pirate. I think it'd be really interesting. So you're onto something there. 
John V, I believe, predicting the um, over-under says six wins for the Bucs. Very much could be a reality, um, but it remains to be seen. Let's see everything play out first. We don't even know if Baker's going to be the starting quarterback. Funkle Dave with the comment says, shout out to Mark Cook. Just because he was a big part of the Pewter Report back in the NOM. <laughs> Go Bucks. Also, Baker is going to put up some great games. Bet. Funkle Dave, thank you very much for that comment. Um, I love and miss Mark a lot. I was actually, I think about him all the time. But uh, funny enough, earlier I was playing some music and Walking in Memphis came on. And for those that don't know that song, it's it's all about Elvis and Mark Cook was a huge fan of Elvis. And so as soon as that song came on, I immediately thought of Mark. So I uh, appreciate that comment so much. Uh, I miss Mark. And, you know, he's a legend in Bucks media and, of course, in uh, in the Peter Report or in Peter Report history. So um, shout out to Mark. As far as Baker, I don't want to anoint him the starter just yet. I, I think what's important when it comes to Baker Mayfield is a couple of things. One, he is coming off of, you know, a form labrum injury. Um, you have to rehab. He's been in so many different systems, so many different offenses. He never had that stability. That's exactly what Baker talked about when he met with the Bucks media yesterday. So I don't think he necessarily got a fair shake. Now, he's made a, a ton of mistakes himself, a lot of turnovers. Um, I don't necessarily think – I know everyone on paper at the time is like, the Browns are going to be sick. They traded for Odell Beckham a couple of seasons ago when that went on. But I don't know if Odell, the guy that always wants the ball, will probably get in your ear uh, if you're not getting the ball. Sometimes for a young quarterback, that's not always the best situation. But, uh, no, it remains to be seen uh, for Baker. I think he's just going to forget about last season, forget about all the moves and stuff like that. I don't foresee the Bucs trading Baker this year, so he knows at least I'm going to be in Tampa – for one more season. And ladies and gentlemen, I am proud to announce that joining us on the show, I told you he was going to be on at some point. It is the face that runs the place at pewterreport.com. SR Scott Reynolds. Scott, how are you doing? Doing good, Matt and pewter people. How are you? Um, yeah, I, I think I love today's topic, right? Uh, we've spent some time talking about Kyle Trask before there was any other quarterback on the roster. Yeah. And, uh, and we'll continue to talk about Kyle Trask. I don't want, Buccaneer fans, I don't want you pewter people out there thinking that we have, uh, you know, a, a dog in this fight. We don't. We want to see the best quarterback emerge from this quarterback competition for your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's what the team wants. It's what Kyle Trask and Baker Mayfield want. And uh, at, at the same time, though, we're going to call it like we see it. And and the reason why we're talking about Baker Mayfield right now is is twofold. Number one, he's the newest quarterback. On the roster, he's the other guy outside of Kyle Trask, who we've talked about since the Senior Bowl when <laughs> he was the only guy on the team. Scott, uh, all the pewter people can vouch for me. I said 10 minutes before, before you were even on, I said, we're not knocking Kyle Trask. I right. said, Baker Mayfield is the flavor of the week right That's now. That's right. We've been talking yeah. about Kyle Trask for the last two months since the yeah. season ended and Tom Brady retired. We talked a lot about Kyle Trask. <clears throat> Excuse me. Baker just signed here. So yeah. naturally, we're all going to talk about Baker Mayfield. He's the flavor of the week. That doesn't yep. necessarily mean he's going to be the starter. He's just hot in the streets right now. And sometimes right. you go with the subject that everybody's talking yeah. about. We're well, all about he, ratings and entertainment. And that's what Baker's <laughs> going to bring, at least for this week. Yeah, that's right. And I think the other thing, too, is is he's got experience. That's something Kyle Trask doesn't. And it doesn't mean he 
is going to win the job automatically because I think if Trask has an ace up his sleeve and, you know, and we'll see how he adapts to the NFL game, right? Uh, in the preseason, uh, you know, I want to be careful with that. I didn't see a whole bunch to get excited about in the preseason, either this year or his rookie season, uh, just because, you know, he had a couple of touchdowns and four interceptions at the same time, he didn't throw the ball to Chris Goplin. He didn't throw the ball to Mike Evans. He didn't have the starters in the offensive line protecting him. And he didn't really play with, with the first string running back either. So I uh, I preface all of this by saying we'll see what, what Kyle Trask has to offer. But if there is an ace up his sleeve, going back to his days as a starter at Florida, yeah. right? And we know that Todd Bowles and Dave Canales are both on the record saying, they don't want a quarterback to turn the ball over, right? And you go back to that that season at Florida that got Kyle Trask drafted by the Buccaneers. He completed 68.9% of his passes for 4,283 yards, 43 touchdowns, Matt, eight interceptions, Peter People. Okay, so you know that that's a four-to-one touchdown-to-interception ratio. That's really, really good, all right? In the NFL, if you can be three-to-one, like that's, that's a Pro Bowl kind of – quarterback. And so I think if if Kyle Trask can limit the number of of interceptions that he has in training camp and in preseason, trust me, Todd Bowles and Dave Canales, they're going to go with the guy who doesn't lose them the game, right? They're 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 more conservative in their approach. They want a playmaker, but trust me, Todd Bowles was on this roster, Matt, and you and I covered the 2019 Buccaneers. Jameis Winston, for as much as he gave, he gave away. 33 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. As a result, the record was 7-9 and nine for the Buccaneers. We know what happens the next year. The roster's the same. They switch out the quarterbacks. They bring in Tom Brady and Super Bowl. So I <laughs> think – Would you look at that? Would you look at that, right? Kyle Trask has got to throw fewer interceptions, make fewer mistakes than Baker Mayfield. And Baker Mayfield, to his credit, you know, he's got to come in and prove that he can um, be – safer with the football that was you know that that's that's what helped him have a, a really good season in 2020 and help lead the Browns to the playoffs for the first time since 2002 that's just a long time it's almost like a Buccaneer type drought right for the Browns and during that season he threw uh, 26 touchdowns eight interceptions right that's the kind of season Baker Mayfield would have to have for the Buccaneers the year before 2019, 22 touchdowns, 21 interceptions. That was Jameis Winston-like right there. As a matter of fact, that year, Baker Mayfield and Jameis Winston went head-to-head in Tampa. And Baker Mayfield... That was a great game. Yeah. uh, You know, just about won the game, but had a couple of of turnovers. It went into overtime. The Buccaneers won that game. But uh, in 2021, he had 17 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, much closer together. So... Uh, we're not knocking Kyle Trask. We're not praising Baker Mayfield. We're just pointing out that, like you said, Matt, we're looking at Baker Mayfield's strengths, how he's going to fit into this offense. What would it take for him to win the starting job? And to be fair, Kyle Trask, if he doesn't turn the ball over, Matt, he's got just as good a shot as anybody. Yeah, absolutely. Kyle Trask is kind of what a lot of people were hoping if Jacoby Brissett came to the box, that's a little bit what Kyle Trask is going to bring. He's going to hold on yeah. to the football. He's going to be a little conservative. He took shots down the field in preseason. They just didn't necessarily 
connect on yeah. uh, on a lot of them. And granted, he was thrown to like Scotty Miller. If he's thrown to Mike Evans, a little bit taller, has a little bit of right. a better ability to get the football. And, bigger and I catch some, radius than Scotty yeah, Miller, catch right? Radius. And um, I get some pewter people and, and and others have said, well, you know, Baker had Odell Beckham and and Jarvis Landry and guys like that. Odell Beckham got injured a fair amount when he was in Cleveland. Like it never really worked out. People forget, like it didn't really work out for Baker in Cleveland halfway because he was injured um, a lot of the times. And I yeah. also counter, and you brought up some of the stats, Scott, his rookie year. And then in 2019, 2020, he threw for 27, 2020, uh, 22, a lot of 20s here, and 26 touchdowns. So yeah. he was getting the ball into the end zone. So it wasn't right. Aaron Rodgers' MVP numbers or Tom Brady's numbers um, that, that he's putting up in his first two seasons right. with the Buccaneers. But he was certainly uh, you know, efficient to yeah. a degree. And another thing that we haven't even really gotten into yet, the reason why he doesn't have a crazy amount of passing yards or, or touchdowns, the Browns, as bad as they've been, they've always had Nick a Chubb. good – Run Kareem game. Hunt. Had, yeah. yeah. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. I love Nick Chubb, man. I've had him on my yeah. fantasy team the last three years. Did some great things. This is the Rashad White era, Bay Bay. And yeah. that's going to change. You heard Baker talk about it yesterday. But we do have a super chat. If you super chat us, you will cut the line. Yeah, Felipe. So appreciate Felipe it. Felipe wants to talk some uh some draft. I'm I'm down with that. Mm-hmm. Uh Bucks Big Board should be Devin Weatherspoon. Witherspoon, sorry. Uh, Miles Murphy, Joey Porter Jr., Darnell Wright can't ever have enough good corners slash pass rushers. Yep. Well, um, I'll comment on those names real quick. Devin Witherspoon uh, is not going to be anywhere near Tampa Bay. He's the yeah. top corner in this draft. I would be shocked if he gets outside of of the the top ten. I would be really shocked if he gets if he makes it to even fifteen, but he won't make it to number nineteen. He's that good. Miles Murphy, I'm not a huge fan. Um, interesting to note, Jason Light's never drafted a Clemson player. A couple, couple schools he hasn't drafted from. Ohio Nolan State. Turner came close. Yeah, Ohio <laughs> State, Clemson, um, Michigan, a couple guys, a couple teams that, you know, can, powerhouses that throw players into the draft, but schools that that traditionally the Bucks have stayed away from. So ah, I'm I'm just not a huge Miles Murphy fan, and I, I don't know if the Bucs are going to draft a, a pass rusher in the first round, and here's why. They're paying $18 million for Shaq Barrett. They're expecting him to come back, hoping, fingers crossed, he comes back with a, a good, clean bill of health and and the, coming off that Achilles injury, even though he'll turn 30 this year. they're For that money, they're penciling him in as a starter, opposite Joe Tryon-Schoenke. Another big year for JTS. Matt, four sacks again. Played more snaps, didn't get any more sacks, got some more pressures, but I think that was a function of more snaps. But uh, they have a first-round draft pick invested in him, and this is going to be kind of a make-or-break year for him. It's not going to preclude the Buccaneers from drafting an edge rusher, um, but we'll see. Joey Porter Jr., I I love the prospect. The only problem, Matt, is can he play the slot? I think he was mostly an outside corner. Yeah, That's that's the case for Jamel Dean. That's the case for Carlton Davis. They just paid one corner $14.8 million. They paid the other corner $13 million. If you draft a cornerback like Joey Porter Jr. and he's not going to play the slot, he's going to be on the bench. So that's a bad waste of a first-round pick. You're going to have to get a guy in the first round, and there's not many guys that can really be functional in the slot, unless, unless you're looking at a safety like Brian Branch, who played in the slot almost exclusively yeah. at Alabama. Darnell Wright, that's a player that you like, Matt, if, I, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, right? I'll right. comment on Wright, everyone. From, from uh, Tennessee. 
Yeah, offensive tackle from Tennessee, huge guy, 6'6", and his stock seems to be growing every yeah. single day. I'll just comment on everyone real quick and then get back to right. Witherspoon, yeah. I agree, not going to be there. Miles Murphy, um, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm an expert on Miles Murphy, but Joey Porter Jr., I was very surprised that the Bucs didn't even meet with him at the combine. Yeah. I thought he would have been definitely somebody that they had met with, but you know that doesn't yeah. always mean that they're not going to pick him just because they didn't meet with him at the yeah. combine. But I was very surprised by that. And the logic doesn't make any sense. Outside corner, doesn't play the slot. Yeah, You're going to draft him to play the slot? Yeah, agreed. But Darnell Wright, so I really like him. He, going in, you know, you, you mentioned like Broderick Jones and and uh, Paris from Ohio State. Those are kind of yeah. like the top two guys at offensive tackle. But Darnell Wright just kept getting better and better, like, each game. The senior bowl, he did really well. Yeah. I mean, he went up against Will Anderson, the edge rusher from Alabama. He did. And did a superb job against him. Did not yeah. allow a sack. One of the only guys that, you know, did very well against him. That's right. Played really well when Tennessee went up against Georgia. I know that was a tough game for Tennessee in general, but he allowed one pressure. Not a sack. He allowed one pressure yeah. in that game. He mostly played on the right side uh, in his career at Tennessee. But He's he got history on the, on the left, left, though. He yeah. does have history on the yeah. left. He's just a huge hulk of a person where if he gets engaged with you, you are done. You're not getting around him. I right. think he's good at mirroring people. The footwork needs to improve a little bit, which, of course, is a little scary for an offensive tackle. Yeah. But I just think with the strength and the size that he has, if he's there, and the fact that he's done – obviously the tape is a lot of, of the factor – the yeah. fact that he's gone up against the best competition in college yeah. football and held more than held his own, I just really liked him, and that's why I had him going uh, with my first pick for the Bucks. So it gives them a little versatility at the it tackle does. position, depending on what they want to do with Matt, um, with offensive tackle. In 2020, he played 554 snaps at right tackle, only 14 at left. Then in 2021, he was exclusively a left tackle, 920 snaps. Mm-hmm. And only gave up three sacks, right? I mean, it's, it's going from right to left. Yeah. Only gave up three sacks that year. Only one quarterback hit, 13 hurries. Then played exclusively on the right side last year, 892 snaps. So he's got a, a ton of SEC experience. Zero sacks allowed last year at Tennessee. Only two quarterback hits and six hurries. Uh, you know, he, he's a he's a, a big, massive guy, as you talked about. Um you know, he probably has to work on his on his run blocking a little bit, but I think his yeah. stock is on the rise. He's a player that is not going to get out of the second round for sure, and we've, we've seen him in some first-round mocks. I would not be opposed to Darnell Wright or even even uh, Anton Harrison, who is uh, – Yes, yeah, Wright, high, Wright and Harrison. Those two guys are kind of battling for that third tackle spot because I'm yes. with you. I, I think that Paris Johnson – and Broderick Jones from Ohio State and Georgia, respectively, probably the first two tackles off the board. But uh, it just makes sense for this team to draft a safety or a tackle uh, in the first round just because those are really big positions of need. I'm not saying that they have to or that they should, but if they did, it makes it makes sense. I really wanted to have Broderick Jones to the box in my mock draft, but I was just like, he's just not going to be there at 19. Yeah. I'd, I'd be doing a disservice if I just – I'd be fake if I was like, oh, Broderick Jones is going to go to the box. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I agree. Offensive tackle or safety, obviously talking about the the safeties with versatility that can play on the back end, play in the slot as well. We've been talking right. a lot about versatility and, and variety and 
That, of course, makes me think of our official sponsor at pewterreport.com, Celsius Energy Drinks, because they have a variety of flavors. You see the Arctic Peach and Tropical Vibes on the screen there. They have some new flavors as well, the Fantasy Vibe and the Sparkling Lemon Lime. You really can't go wrong with any of these flavors. You got some original ones as well, the Sparkling Kiwi Guava, the Sparkling Watermelon, Original Orange, Wild berry, so a ton of awesome flavors all over the place. Fuji, apple, pear, um, cannot go wrong. Kiwi guava as well. Seven essential vitamins, no crash, no post-energy drink jitters that you might get with a couple of different products. If you want to know where to find a Celsius energy drink, go to the store, loca- store locator on Celsius.com. Punch in your address and find out where you can get one near you. It's super helpful. We used it when we were at the NFL Combine in Indianapolis. Takes you right to your local convenience store 7-Eleven or as I like to say and as the Kansas State Wildcats will find out when they go to Madison Square Garden this week a bodega Bodega. bodega, start picking out your favorite flavors of Celsius we love when the Peter people send us photos or let us know in the chats what their favorite flavor is we love when you guys send us that information and if you want to start getting it in bulk go to Amazon do the subscribe and save um, I'd recommend getting the variety pack because why have one flavor of Celsius when you can have multiple flavors of Celsius? And variety is the spice of life. So go to Amazon, sc- subscribe and save, have it sent to your house or apartment monthly, quarterly, yearly, whenever you want it. Just make sure you're drinking Celsius Energy Drinks, the official sponsor of the Pewter Report podcast. Scott, I'm wondering with Dave Canales as the offensive coordinator, yep. he said a lot of great things about Kyle Trask and his introductory press conference. We haven't heard him talk about Baker Mayfield just yet, but that's okay. Baker just joined the team. Yeah. We talked yesterday about that it's a pretty level playing field because nobody has played in Dave Canales' offense right. before. But I'm curious, how much of an advantage if Baker has one at all because of the five weeks that he spent with the Los Angeles Rams and the fact that he's already coming out being like, yeah, I spoke to Dave Canales and we're going to run the ball a lot. Yeah. It, it's, am I reading into anything there that Baker actually has a slight advantage or is it just, yeah, I mean, he was only there for a week, man. It's like, come on. <laughs> I, well, I mean, he does have some exposure to that system and, and what that, that entails, right? I, I think he probably ran some more quarterback bootlegs, some waggles yeah. in those five games with Los Angeles. And, and I haven't studied the film or anything. I'm just making some assumptions based on the type of, of offense and the scheme that they run. And Baker certainly has some some mobility, right? He's not yes. necessarily going to be a guy that that uh, is um, not a running quarterback, right? But but he can scramble. And and so I, I think that, uh, that mobility, uh, being able to maneuver in the pocket, roll outside the pocket, I think that is something that can be beneficial there. I, I think he probably has a little bit more wiggle, then Kyle Trask. I know Kyle Trask has spent the last couple of years working on his his body in terms of losing some weight, being a little bit more uh, nimble and and, uh, and quick in the pocket. Uh, those are some of the things he's worked on fundamentally. And uh, you know, you look at at Baker Mayfield uh, in terms of, of some of those scrambles that he's had in his career. He had a 35 yard run as a rookie, an 18 yarder in 2019, a 28 yarder in 2020. Um, and then the last couple of years of a 14 yarder, or a 17 yarder. Uh, so he can scoot a little bit. Uh, he's not going to be called upon to, to run, uh, you know, quarterback draws or anything like that, like Lamar Jackson. But yeah. at the same time, Kyle Trask in that Florida offense ran some quarterback power. Mm-hmm. So he can do it too. It's just that some of those quarterback, uh, power plays that, 
that uh, that they ran at Florida, those were more kind of you know off tackle with lead blocker and and um, wasn't so much getting outside the pocket and and running waggles and bootlegs. But I, I think that Baker has the skill set, the mobility to kind of thrive in this offense, which which features some misdirection. And I think that's that's important. He probably got a little bit of taste of that out there in L.A. And I think the whole other caveat to this, or really an important factor, it's not just not turning the ball over and, and making the right throws. And I'm most curious to see, and I asked Baker Mayfield about this, playing with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. You know, like if Mike Evans or Godwin or, you know, everyone else, Rashad, Rashad White, Russell Gage. Yeah. If one of them builds more chemistry with the other based on just, I don't know, sometimes some mm-hmm. things just click with certain players. Yeah. I, that might be like, maybe not the, the final decision. I don't think Mike Evans goes to Todd Bowles and say, Hey, I like Kyle Trask more. We're going with right. Kyle Trask. Yeah. Um, but I am curious to see that type of chemistry because it needs to be built one way or another. And we saw so much how great of a chemistry at one point in 2020 and 2021 that Mike had with Tom Brady, particularly in the red zone, why they were smashing records left and right. And then last year, all of a sudden, poof, it just went away and they couldn't hit the deep ball down the field. So I'm really curious how that's going to work. I don't know, Scott, if you see for just their, their skill set, like if Mike could jive better with Kyle or Baker or same with Chris Godwin, I don't necessarily know at this moment because we've seen so little right. uh, of Kyle Trask. Yeah, of both, yeah, <laughs> right. really, especially uh, yeah. in Tampa, obviously. Yeah. But man, like that's one of the storylines I'm most excited yeah. to watch because that could really factor into who wins the job. I think it's a great point, Matt. It really is. The rapport. And, and you know what? The, the film's going to say that, right? Uh, Mike's not going to be going to Dave Canales or Todd Bowles and saying this or that about you know, this quarterback or that the, the film is going to say that the practice tape yeah. uh, is going to be apparent. And, and uh, you know, can you hit these guys? The thing about Mike is if you go back at last year, this offense was so bad. And I mean, I'm, I'm not telling you pewter people anything you don't know. We all saw it. There was only one receiver that had more than 10 yards per catch last year. That was Mike Evans. Mm-hmm. And as bad as, as the year was with Evans year, Right, yeah, as, yeah as bad as it was with the only six touchdowns, trust me, there are wide receivers in this league that would love to catch six touchdowns. It's just not the 12, 13, 14 touchdowns that Mike, we're used to seeing him get. But uh, despite not having that rapport with Brady for some reason down the field, all of a sudden it kind of just came to a screeching halt after two years, as you said, Matt, of, of Evans being this deep threat with 13 touchdowns, 14, or in the red zone being a factor. Um you've got a quarterback now with Baker Mayfield with the arm strength that can really push the ball down the field mm-hmm. in a way that, that Brady kind of did more of in 2020. And we saw Jameis Winston do throughout his career. You go back and look at some of those, those, uh, uh, you know, deep touchdowns from Jameis Winston when and Jameis Winston was not the most accurate downfield thrower by any means, but there were a lot of those downfield connections where it was, you know, throw it up to Mike, right? And I think Mike can still go up there and get him at age 29 slash going on 30. So to me, uh, I, I think there's more of an opportunity for Mike, who actually increased his yards per catch last year. I think he went from 14.2 yards per catch in 2021, if my memory serves me correctly, to 14.6. So while everyone else, Godwin, 
I know Gronk wasn't here, uh, but but historically, uh, Russell Gage, you know, was was uh, 11, 10, 11. Uh, he was actually, I think, 8.8 last year, 8.9 yards per catch. So he even he went down from his career average. But Mike went up. And I think that Baker has got that strong arm to be able to push the ball down the field. There was even a play in Cleveland where he got criticized for it, where he chucked the ball out of the end zone just to kind of show off his arm strength, I think. At least that's what what, what media pundits were saying. Uh, When there was a Hail Mary attempt and he threw the ball about five yards through the back of the end zone in a game against Baltimore at halftime. So he didn't even like put the ball into play. Maybe he didn't want an interception because that's usually what happens on those Hail Mary types. But he's got plenty of arm strength. I know he had the shoulder injury, but mm-hmm. I mean, the, the guy can sling it. And maybe if there's a knock on Kyle Trask is he puts too much air under the ball sometimes, more of a touch passer. Think yeah. more like Brad Johnson, uh, where it's, it's going to be more, he can get the ball 40 yards down the field. It's just going to look a little different, probably a little bit less zip, a little bit more touch. And that's going to require a little bit more accuracy. you got to be able to drop the ball in there rather than rifle it in there. And I think that's that's one thing, Matt, that I think we're going to be able to see in training camp and even in the OTAs is the difference in arm strength between Trask and Mayfield. And at the end of the day, does it serve as an advantage to Baker Mayfield? I mean, you know, you can have the biggest gun in the world, but if you can't hit the target, it doesn't matter. Absolutely. And I, I think Baker will have the advantage with someone like Mike that is going to go down the field and, and, and have those vertical yeah, 70 uh, yards. To him. Right. But I, I do kind of think that um, particularly specifically for someone like Rashad White out of the backfield and Kate Otten, who yeah. he'll go down the field, too, but he'll be a little bit more in the flat, something like that. That may actually benefit Kyle Trask a little bit more than Baker, who will try to like really zip it in. And he does right. like to sling it into tight pockets. Every now and there, tight windows, I should say, which sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Chris Godwin, I just think, you know, we were saying, and Dave Canales said that, like, it's a quarterback-friendly offense and you can put any quarterback in it. I think Chris Godwin can work with with any quarterback. Like, he he crushed it with Jameis. He crushed it with with Tom Brady. I just think him in the slot, if they want to put him more uh, vertical – this season right. as well, more outside. I think he's going to do absolutely fine because he's Chris Godwin. I see some people in the chats there comparing, you know, Baker to Johnny Manziel because Mike played with Johnny Manziel at Texas A&M. Well, they're both Brown quarterbacks too, right? They both went to Cleveland. Yeah, you know? yeah, that as well. They both uh, play for the Cleveland Browns. I just, I would absolutely, the day it comes out, if he ever wrote a book, Mike Evans, on playing with, Johnny, Jameis, Tom Brady, and then if Baker wins it this year, I would buy right. that book the second it day, the second it comes. Sure, out. it's yeah. just funny and, talking about the and history. Don't forget Josh McCown and and uh, Mike Glennon back. Yes, in I don't. I don't want to. Uh, season. Yeah, I don't want to discredit them either because yeah, yeah, they're they're a factor in Mike's Hall of Fame career and the yeah. a, a consecutive thousand yard season. So yeah, yeah. absolutely cannot discredit uh, Josh McCown and and Mike Glennon for for what they've done. Yeah, we, we've got a couple interesting uh, comments here that we want to get to. I think yeah. you and I have started a couple of these. I'll put this one up first. Um, halfback Lou Nichols is good. I draft him late. I like Lou Nichols. If you don't know who Lou Nichols is, and it's actually spelled correctly, L-E-W, it's not L-O-U. So Flash Gordon, props on that. Uh, Lou Nichols is a running back that uh, is coming out of the, into the draft, played at Central Michigan, and back in 2021, 
ran for 1,848 yards, 5.4 yards per carry, 16 touchdowns. Kind of reminds me of Kareem Hunt, the way he runs. He's 5'10", 220 pounds, very physical guy, can catch the ball very well out of the backfield. Matter, matter of fact, that year, caught 40 passes. That's a lot for a running back in, in college. 40 passes for 338 yards, averaged a very healthy 8.5 yards per catch, two touchdowns. So add it all up, he had 18 total touchdowns and was actually college football's uh, uh, all-purpose yardage, well, not all-purpose, but uh, total offensive uh, uh, leader for a running back. Had over 2,100 yards combined between rushing and receiving. So he he also threw three, t- three passes for... Uh, 41 yards, didn't throw any touchdowns, didn't throw any picks either. So he can do the halfback option as well. This is a player that that last year, and if Central Michigan rings a bell, Sean Murphy Bunting, yeah, Luke, uh, Luke Gedeke, right? We, um, we had this from Long Lost Glazer. Did you say Central Michigan? Gedeke yeah. and SFE flashbacks? No yeah. thanks. Well, I'm just telling you, it, it, for whatever reason, this school is on the Bucks' radar, good, bad, or indifferent. This is an interesting player. They, they sent two offensive linemen to the NFL, uh, Bernard uh, Ryman and then Luke Gedeke. Both of those tackles went to the NFL and I believe were mid-round picks, second, third-round picks. I know Luke Gedeke was a second-rounder. I think I think Ryman was also a second-rounder, but I'm not sure. But last year, only ran for 601 yards and six touchdowns. Their offensive line was kind of in shambles. It started over from scratch. And he did not get much traction. Plus, you know, he's playing for Central Michigan. But he is a player probably not going to get drafted. But uh, he is the kind of guy to keep an eye on as an undrafted free agent. He runs very, very hard. And also, I think he was hurt a little bit too last year. But that's a name to keep in mind. Lou Nichols from Central Michigan. So good for you, Flash Gordon. That might be an undrafted free agent the Bucks bring to camp. And I'm sure Tony wouldn't have an issue with this because he says yeah. uh, Bucks need premium positions in the draft, safeties and RBs are wasted picks. Well, I disagree about safeties. I think safety don't tell is, Todd Bowles, yeah, former don't safety, tell Todd Bowles, right. who, who loves the safety position and currently has Antoine Winfield Jr. Who just got engaged recently. Congrats yeah, to Antoine Winfield right. Jr. Second round pick. Yeah. Second round pick. Yeah. And, um, and Nolan Turner, who was an undrafted free agent. So yeah. the Bucks, without question, still have to address safety, whether that means Logan Ryan, Keanu Neal, we know Mike Edwards is off the board. Yeah. Uh, whether they do that through free agency or in the draft or both, which I Probably kind of both. feel like that's going to be the case. Uh, I disagree, Tony. Safety is a supreme position for yeah. not only the Bucs, but just in football. Um, yeah. Running backs, I agree with the sense that I don't think a running back this year should be anything more than a day three Saturday yep. pick. Um, so we're one for two with <laughs> with our agreement there, Tony. Yeah. No, and I think you're right, you're right on, Matt. Um, everything I'm hearing is, is they're looking at, at – uh, um, you know, running back in day three, they just signed Chase Edmonds. And remember, Matt, they've got a pair of third round draft picks already invested in Rashad yes. White and Keyshawn Vaughn, who's in a contract year. So they're going to draft another running back, but probably day three. This is a good, good crop of running backs too. running backs. It's a very devalued position and justifiably yeah. so. So you're going to have some maybe third or fourth round talent slipping into the sixth or seventh round just because of the position right there. So I, I agree with you. And safety, too. Let's not forget, last year, Lewis Seen from Georgia, Very safety, close. was this close to being drafted in the first round by the Buccaneers. So it's it's a position that Jason Light's put a lot of premium uh, stock into. Remember, Justin Evans, former Buccaneer safety, yeah. was also oh, a second-round pick. 
I really and, liked him. It sucks that he had yeah. the lingering foot issue, foot injuries, yeah. you know, with two seasons in a row. Because he was an exciting player, but yeah. uh, you know, obviously health is part of the game. Scott, you mentioned investments uh, a moment ago. Uh, if you're going to invest your money, I think that's important to a lot of people out there. If you're going to invest your money, the best place to do that is with A Muni Financial. At A Muni Financial, we help you live in the now. Congratulations, we're so happy Thank for you. you. Thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track, so you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. A Muni Financial. Plan ahead. Stay ahead. That's right. Let's get to Colorado at some point, Matthew. Yes, uh, it's it's maybe not until like spring because it's really, yeah, really cold. There. Yeah, we need a couple of months. <laughs> yeah, but it's a fun place to go. And it's even more fun to retire there from what I hear. Um, it, I've, I've got some relatives that live out there. Whether you want to retire to Colorado or anywhere, maybe you just want to stay in Florida. Maybe you want to move to Florida. Well, you can help uh, you know, uh, your, yourself out by giving Immuni a call, right? 1-800-868-6864. Visit them on the web at immuni.com. Managing your family's wealth means more to Muni Financial than simply allocating your assets. It means legacy planning. It means retirement accounts, brokerage and advisory services, college savings accounts for the kids, and insurance. They got 40 years of experience, folks, not just in the Tampa Bay area, not just in the state of Florida, but across the country. That means anybody listening, Within the continental U.S., you can become an Immuni Financial client yourself. It's that simple. Just do what I did. Give Immuni Financial a call. Tell them Pewter Report sent you 1-800-868-6864 or visit them on the web at immuni.com. Plan ahead and stay ahead with Immuni Financial. Let's get to a couple more comments. Uh, we're going to talk about your former favorite player. Uh, Victor says, I thought Gabbard was a starting QB by Arians. Bruce Arians did famously say that he believed that Blaine Gabbert could be a starter for the Bucs, especially when it was uncertain whether or not Tom Brady would have been back. But yeah. Bruce Arians isn't the coach anymore. Um, I think Todd Bowles likes Blaine Gabbert, but is kind of ready to move in another direction for the Bucs offense, especially with Dave Canales there. Yeah. Um, we hope Blaine ends up somewhere else in the league so we can still see those luscious locks. But uh, it's just it's not going to be with the Bucs. Still the best looking quarterback ever in Tampa. Um, I, I think that that's pretty safe to say handsome man right there and uh hell of a backup quarterback won a super bowl, um, by helping Tom Brady. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah. that's literally his biggest claim to fame is, is, and you can ask Tom Brady this, uh, he helped Tom Brady acclimate to this offense in 2020, even more so than Clyde Christensen because he's played in it before in Arizona. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, he just, just had the knowledge of, of this offense really well. So, uh, listen, not all superheroes wear capes. Some ride jet skis, and I hope that wherever Blaine ends up, <laughs> it will be in a place where he can jet ski and maybe save somebody else's life or maybe save a franchise. Maybe get out there and get a get a, ch a chance. Maybe he can be the next Geno Smith. I don't know. I'm curious to see what Gabbert 2.0 would look like. It's just sure, not I mean, be anytime he got playing time with the box, it yeah. week gen 18. generally went pretty well. Yeah, through a touchdown to week 18. Yeah, Russell Gage. important. Yeah. Totally agree. Yeah, exactly. Speaking uh, of quarterbacks. A little more draft. Oh, yes. Yeah. Long lost Glazers. Shout out to LLG says Daniel Jeremiah has us, meaning the Bucks, picking Will Levis in his latest mock. 
Imagine going from Brady to two dorks rocking headbands like they're in middle school, obviously <laughs> talking about uh, the look that Baker Mayfield has going on. Yep. And Will Levis. He likes to rock yes, the headband. Too. And, and Will Levis, who met formally with the uh, Buccaneers. He yeah. said that at the, the NFL Combine. I, I keep going back to, and this really isn't necessarily a knock on Will Levis, though I will say, I'm not in love with Anthony Richardson. I'm not really in love with Will Levis either. I understand that he didn't have the best talent at Kentucky. I get that he's got like a big size and big arm, yeah. but I don't know. I'm not in. I'm not in love with 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 Will Levis where he should be picked 19th overall for the Bucs when there's so many other positions yeah. to address. I just keep coming back because I got asked earlier on the show about Hendon mm-hmm. Hooker, and it's just like. If you're picking a quarterback within the first three rounds, which I advise against for the Bucs, you're essentially saying we are planning on Kyle Trask and or Baker Mayfield to fail, and we already have our next plan. And I just keep going back to if you plan for those guys to fail, you're not going to have a winning season. And unless Todd Bowles and to a degree Jason Light, but really Todd Bowles has a handshake agreement with the Glazers that he's going to be back for – the next season after this, it's right. just way, way too much of a risk to take a quarterback when you have two on the roster and Trask will be here till at least the end of his contract, which is for another season or two. So yeah, uh, listen, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna drink some some Buccaneer happy juice here. Okay, give me one second. Okay, now all I see is pewter. All right, my vision has changed. I'm wearing pewter glasses that you can't see. My vision's pewter. What if Baker Mayfield? Or Kyle Trask ends up being a, a Pro Bowl player this year. Okay, before before you think that's crazy, Geno Smith. Nobody saw that coming. Not even the Seahawks. Okay, <laughs> so crazier things can happen. Let let me just dream or fantasize for a quick second. What if that happens? And let's say Jason Light invests a second round pick in another quarterback like Hendon Hooker. Now what are you going to do? Right? There's already enough people saying Kyle Trask was a wasted pick in the second round. Now you're going to draft another quarterback. And let's say, you know, let's say it's Baker, right? And then you still have, now you've got two second-round quarterbacks on, on the team behind Baker Mayfield. One of them's Kyle Trask will be in his fourth year. And then you say, oh, we'll just trade him. Okay, well, what are you going to get for him? Nothing. It's a wasted second-round pick, right? And then when is Hendon Hooker going to end up getting some playing time? It's, Hendon Hooker's yeah. problem this year, especially in Tampa Bay, is He's not going to even take the field until the start of the regular season. Right. Because of the recovery from that ACL injury. And that means no OTAs, no minicamp, no rookie minicamp, no training camp. So he's essentially going to redshirt his first year. So you redshirted Kyle Trask for two years, Matt, right? Mm. Now you're going to redshirt another guy. I don't know. Like, I'm not dissing Hen and Hooker. I think he's a really good, interesting prospect. If he's totally healthy, He's probably maybe the second or third guy off I the agree. board. I really, like, I really like Hooker. It's just the injury plays a huge factor into it. Yeah. There is a theory, and I don't subscribe to this one necessarily, but there is a theory for franchises that have never truly had a franchise QB that they drafted, yeah. and the Bucks pretty much fall into this category. Yeah, They just keep drafting one quarterback each season until yeah. one of them eventually has to stick. One yeah. of them has to hit. I'm not saying the Bucs should do that. It's more of a joke than anything else. But uh, I like Hooker. I just 
you can't pick him within the first three rounds. I and uh, we'll, we'll stick with the positivity. Okay, sure. Because Marcelo Rodriguez says, NFC South is very winnable. We need to be more optimistic. I don't know if yeah. you're talking about us or just the Peter people in general. I feel like we've been fairly optimistic yeah. about the Bucks' chances this season. Um, the Panthers have been kind of big spenders when it comes to free agency. The Falcons to a degree as well. But teams hey, on paper. The, the Bucks tried that. Crap. Yeah. The Bucks tried that in 2014. They spent like nobody's business. Traded Darrell Rivas away, right? Um, they paid big money for Josh McCown, Michael Johnson, um, uh, Anthony Collins in free agency. Um, Clinton McDonald actually ended up being the best free agent signing that they had. Um, it, they, they spent a ton of money in 2014, right? This this was coming off of Greg Schiano's four and twelve season. Jason Light's first year as general manager. And, you know, here you've got uh, Lovey Smith coming in. And he watched all these players in his basement during that year off. And he told Jason to sign these players. Jason signed them. And they pretty much stunk, with the exception yeah. of, of Clinton McDonald, who was kind of a backup defensive lineman. So sometimes, you know, you can win the offseason by making the, the biggest splashes and signing the players to the biggest contracts. Doesn't mean they're going to do anything. I remember Mark Dominic. When he signed Carl Nix, Eric Wright, and Derek Ward in free agency, Nix would have been great, but he got MRSA and lost part of his toe. Mm. It ended his career. He was a Pro Bowl guard from the Saints. He was a fantastic player, but you know he got snake bit by MRSA. Then two of the biggest free agent busts in history: Derek Ward from the Giants, the running back, and I think he was with the 49ers, Eric Wright, the cornerback. If my yeah. memory serves me. You just because you sign in your Bucks Monday mailbag. Yeah, yeah. Just because you sign free agents doesn't mean they're going to hit. The Bucks have had their hits. Simeon Rice comes to mind. Brad Johnson certainly. Tom Brady obviously. But there's been plenty that haven't panned out in Tampa Bay and elsewhere. I always like uh, when you go down memory lane from uh, you know different Bucks seasons. I don't. It's been bad like before the Brady era. So I I don't find the joy in the fact that they've been. Losing yeah. all that time up until then, but you're a very good storyteller and you, you're good at uh, recalling things. So a lot of bad memories, um, yeah. memories that I'm, I'm I'm in therapy for. I'm trying to either repress or just simply forget altogether that they happened. I know I'm not alone in that. Um, but you know, here's the thing too. I'm going to admit, and I thought Jason Light said this. You were at the press conference the other day, Matt. This is the first time the Bucks have had a, a quarterback competition. Yeah. Right? And, you know, in some time, Jameis was the undisputed guy, right, when he was here, first-round pick, first overall pick. Then you have Tom Brady. I know Fitz Patrick was in there a little bit, but remember, he started only because Jameis was suspended for the yep. first couple of games in 2018. Having said that, I'm, I think this is going to be a fun, interesting battle in training camp. How much improvement is Kyle Trask going to make? Is he really going to take to this offense? Is it going to be – it's much easier to learn and digest than Bruce Arians, which was – a pretty complicated offense, mm -hmm. kind of like John Gruden's, right? John Gruden didn't have any success with rookie quarterbacks. That's why he didn't like to draft them, because he wanted a veteran who'd been there and done that, had experience, and come in and learn a very complex offense. Same with Bruce Arians. But I'm telling you right now, um, whether it's the training camp battle or just seeing a brand-new offense in Tampa, Matt, something that we haven't seen yeah. since before Arians got here, it, I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm going to wait and see how the chips fall. And I'm excited for OTAs and training camp to see this, this new play caller and, and what he can do with this offense. Oh, I'm so pumped for training camp. I mean, 
don't get me wrong. Everything I'll, I would take everything that the Bucks went through in 2020, 2021, yeah. essentially getting Tom Brady. We all it's better for everybody in Tampa when the Bucks are winning and when they win a Super Bowl. Right. And I'm just so excited because you know when Brady first gets there, that training camp was like, oh my god, how does this Bucks offense look with Tom right. Brady at the helm? But then by 2021, 2020, or last season, 2022, I'm certainly not complaining, but. There are competitions that you get into last year. It was the offensive line, especially after Jensen got hurt, Hainsey playing center. Yeah. There were a couple of competitions to pay attention to, but there's no competition like a quarterback competition. So yeah. it's going to be all eyes on Kyle Trask and Baker Mayfield. So I'm very excited for that aspect of it. I was excited for all the other training camps because the team was great. And right. it's like, how great can they be? Yeah. You know? so, well said. Uh, going to be very exciting. Yeah, I I mean, look at Todd Bowles. He's look at that smiling Bowles. He can't wait. Yeah. He's got the Bucko Bruce insignia on. Yeah, I he mean, had a, such an awesome out. Like we put up photos, videos, everything across yeah. our social media on uh, on pewterreport.com and, and our social media channels. And it didn't matter if he was talking about Kyle Trask, if he was talking about Anton Winfield Jr. Yeah, it doesn't matter what the topic was. Half of the comments, or at least the first comments, was like, "Look at Bowles in the throwback. Look at Bowles right. in." The Bucko Bruce, and that was totally awesome to see. By the way, speaking of our social media channels, if you're not already following, please do. We have the best Bucks coverage around. Please follow us on our social media, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, at Pewter Report. We've had a lot of great stories up about Baker Mayfield, talking to him yesterday, and just an outlook of the overall roster. We're obviously deep into draft season as well, so we'll have a lot of articles over the next month about potential prospects for your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And as you are on right now, the Pew, uh, sorry, Pewter Report TV, our YouTube channel, uh, please like and subscribe to that channel. We got the podcast four times a week. We put up various clips, various um, shorts as well yeah. uh, from, from everything Bucks related and draft related. So I uh, would really appreciate if you guys could hook us up with that. Please like and subscribe. Yeah, for sure. You know, the, the other thing too is, uh, <laughs> Funny comment here. Um, is Leftwich the offensive coordinator of South Pasco Predators yet? But Aaron Leftwich doesn't have a job, Matt. He doesn't have no. a job. You know, it's, still, it's interesting. Uh, Can't even find a quarterback's coaching job. So that's that's interesting. Can't he just go to like Marshall, like worst case scenario, be some yeah. type of coach there? Yeah. Like Marshall or, has to let him back. He gave them probably right. their biggest moment in, in school. Right. Or, or Marshall's or TJ Maxx or any place that's hiring, really. I'm just saying. Uh, all right, so real quick question here before we leave, Matt, because we threw up the picture of Todd Bowles with the Bucko Bruce uh, yeah. logo on his jacket here. Here are the Bucks' home opponents, and uh, I'm asking you. I think I know who it is, but I'm asking you, which opponent do you think this is the home game? Right, there's seven yes. of them this year. Um, so let's see here. Uh, there's eight actually. Eight, yeah, eight yeah. home, nine away with. Um, with uh, the NFC this year. So out of these teams, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, Carolina Panthers, Atlanta Falcons, Philadelphia Eagles, New Orleans Saints, Detroit Lions, Chicago Bears, Tennessee Titans, which game is going to get that NFC, uh, or I should say the Bucko the Bucko yeah, Bruce, Bruce, the creamsicle yeah. jersey. Right. Um, do you think it's going to be against a divisional opponent? Can I ask you that? I think it's going to be against a former divisional opponent. You think it's going to be against the Detroit Lions? I think it's either the Lions or I think it's going to be against 
the, the Bears. Chicago Bears. I think if they're going to go against an NFC North opponent, used to be known as the NFC Central back in the days. Yeah. With the Vikings, the Lions, the Packers, the Bears, the ah, Buccaneers. I see. Yeah, that would be so. that would be a pretty good time. Matter of fact, the last time the Buccaneers wore that Bucko Bruce uniform for their official uniform before the the new you know jerseys that came out. Um, I think it was against the Lions in '96, if my memory serves me correctly. I have to go back and look, but that would be I, cool. I think it's going to be against the Lions or the Bears. One of those. Two I, I think that would be a good connection. Um, I would love to see them against the Falcons, and the Falcons go with their old like red helmet with the black Falcons logo and the black jersey. So make them wear a, a darker jersey in the heat in yeah. Florida. I or like that. I like that. There's not really a connection to it, but the Titans with like their light blue colors offsetting with the with the creamsicle, I think it'd be pretty easy on the eyes. Yeah. Um, no really connection there, but yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of there's a lot of good options. Actually, I actually, I, it, I, I was wrong. It was not against the Lions. It was against the Bears. Huh. Sunday, December twenty second. This this was the last game of Tony Dungy's first season. They actually beat the Bears and beat them pretty good. This is back when the Bears were good. They beat him 34 to 19. I remember Carl the Truth Williams had a punt return for a touchdown. They trounced the Bears. And the Buccaneers had a little bit of momentum at 6 and 10 in Dungy's first year, heading into the 1997 season when they wore the, the red and the pewter and the, the skull and crossbones and the red flag for the first time. Started off 5 and 0 in 1997 en route to a wild card win over the Detroit Lions in, uh, in 1997. That was. Warwick Dunn, Mike Allstott, Trent Dilfer, Horace Copeland, yeah. Warren Sapp, Derek Brooks, Hardy Nickerson, John Lynch, Rondé Barber's first season as a Buccaneer. Didn't play very well that year, but it was. It's okay. It worked out for him. He, yeah. he is now All-Famer. Remains to be seen when the Cream School jersey will appear this season. We do know it is coming back uh, this season, as Mike yeah. Reynolds says. If they wear the throwbacks versus the Bears, I'm going to have Reggie Cobb <laughs> and Eric Curry hallucinations and therapy. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be very exciting. It's an awesome jersey. Uh, I'm not going to say we all love it. There are a couple people that are anti-creamsicle jerseys. I don't yeah. necessarily know why. I think it's awesome for It's for awesome for a game. game. Right? Yeah, it it's is. for yeah. one game out of yeah. a you know out of a 17-game season. And I don't know. I, I like the, the variety of, of – uh, jerseys the Bucks have between the red, white, the all pewter. I thought was a great look. Yep. And throwing the cream skull into the mix, I think that would be absolutely awesome. But yep. all the pewter people are absolutely awesome. Again, thank appreciate you, everybody watching the show today. That's going to do it for us. For Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Tara saying thank you everybody for watching. We will see you tomorrow at 7 p.m. for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Peace out. Oh, Matt, we did it. It's the best Peter Report podcast we ever. We did it. Congratulations. Let's do it again tomorrow. Yeah.